0: Hello, hello, hello. Welcome to episode 9 of Home Away From Dome. Of course, linking to episode 9 of Under the Dome, The Fourth Hand. Unlike our last few episodes, I think it's pretty clear what The Fourth Hand is about. It's about the mysterious fourth hand on the mini-dome, but that happens in the last minute of the episode. So, let's see what happened first. Home. Away. From. Um. Dome. Lindsay doesn't like that I pause in real time to allow her to put in the clip, but I think it's helpful. Um <laughs> if I stay silent. Uh anyway. You can choose to include that or not. Alright. So I took some notes for this episode. Um Let's see. A lot happens in this episode. Um with Ollie being dead, um, they decided to wait zero time before introducing Big Jim's new adversary of the week. Um, before Ollie, it was, of course, the Reverend. Um, then, he, after he killed the Reverend, Ollie showed up. And then, after he killed Ollie, we have Max in this episode, who appears to be some sort of criminal uh, mastermind. Big Jim at a loss for words. Never thought I'd see the day. What are you doing here, Max? But. Before that, I'm a little bit jumping ahead. So the episode starts with Barbie and Julia looking for the mini dome and the egg in the mini dome. Uh, And Barbie's like, okay, I don't know about that. Mini dome sounds a bit kooky to me. Um, And they get there and it's all dug up. It's not there anymore. It's like, oh. Uh, Julia's like, you gotta believe me. I saw it just here. And Barbie's like, okay, I gotta go. Um, He actually gets a call on his walkie-talkie from Linda. And it's, it's very unclear if Barbie is a member of the police force. Like, he doesn't wear a uniform, but he has a, a walkie-talkie. It almost feels like a Commissioner Gordon Batman type of dynamic, where, like, the police will call him for help, but he's not on the force. Barbie. Uh, maybe he can do the things the police can't do. Anyway, uh, he gets called into town because there's been a shooting. Um, and, yep. Yeah. Yep. And then we check in quickly with Joe and Nori, um, I think mostly to see if they were the ones who took the egg, doesn't seem like it. Uh, Joe is uh, pretty good at catching chickens. Not really, I I don't know if you've watched the episode, he's actually horrible at it. Um, He's trying to catch a chicken while they talk. After we catch dinner. Um, Nori seems a lot better this episode. Um, The grieving process moved very quickly for her. not so much for carolyn though uh, she's still um she's still grieving as in she's not gonna show up in this episode she's still upstairs out of sight when i was originally watching the show i always thought it was weird like that i didn't know more about her character but i'm realizing now it's because she just doesn't show up most of the time and you know that's number one rule you gotta show up <laughs> anyway um Big Jim and Angie talking again. Angie wants the deed to the place, and Big Jim's probably like, oh, well, I don't want to give you the deed. It's got good resale value. So from waitress to manager, a little over a week, huh? From waitress to owner. I want the deed. Property market's probably not what it used to be in Chester's Mill. Um, what I found most funny about that is a little conversation they have where Angie's like, that was the well that Barbie blew up. Um, and then Big Jim's like, A lot of Chester's Millers made that happen. And it's like, Yeah. You know, it, it, it's really interesting to me because, one, it means that the people in town are called Chester Millers um, with, or Chester's Millers. I don't know. It was just a crazy name. But the other thing is, like, I don't know. Yeah. Big Jim doesn't want to like take away the sacrifice that these people made. <laughs> it wasn't just Barbie, there was a 50 person militia, and five of them died. Um honestly you'd think that would have been a bigger deal in town nobody seems too shook up about it um we do hear that DJ Phil's doing okay um he's recovering because he got shot um but you know some people aren't recovering it wasn't just Barbie who saved the day a lot of heroes out there at the well maybe Big Jim can make like a little medallion and give it to them or something anyway it's it's also funny cuz Big Jim's plotline in this episode is the complete arc opposite of the militia. It's like, one day ago I needed an armed militia, and then today he's like, give me your guns. No more guns, no more violence in town. Um, also he was able to strike a deal with the farm boys. Um, they appear to no longer want war, which they inexplicably wanted. Um, the city is giving them something, maybe medical care, and they're getting food. So that whole that storyline seems resolved. The rural urban divide has been erased in Chester's Mill. (laughs) Um, Yeah, so Barbie and Linda go to uh, the shooting that took place and there's an old man who's been grazed by a bullet and his neighbor comes out and he's just like, I'm sorry about Mr. Feldman. I I wasn't shooting at him. Now do it again. And like, it's so unremorseful. And he accidentally shot him because a crazy man ran into his house. Um, I don't know. Like, first of all the shooting in his own words did nothing the crazy guy is still hanging out in his house and unfortunately he shot his neighbor but i don't know he has no remorse over it he's just like yeah it was worth it i got nothing out of it and i shot my neighbor but i'd do it again uh turns out that the guy's a drug addict um and he's smashing stuff around the house he hears the dome talking to him and you're like oh wow is it is it gonna be dome mysticism? But no, apparently it's just on drugs. Um, the drug's called Rapture um, because Reverend Coggins brewed it for him uh, before he died. Yeah, what is it this time, Larry? Meth? Crack? Rapture. Never heard of it. It's like every kind of high combined. Yeah, I don't know. Seems like you can't get any more Rapture. Um, you know, it's a one time deal, maybe uh but yeah he's quite upset and then barbie and linda you know take care of him sorry they don't murder him which is what they usually do in the as the police force of this town (laughs) but uh yeah they decide oh what's up with uh, rapture um so that's that's going to be sort of linda's investigation storyline um let's see oh angie and junior so junior continues wandering over to angie's um junior wears his police outfit all the time he doesn't really do police work anymore i haven't seen him do that in a bit um but anyway he goes over to the diner and he's like hey angie how's it going she's like get out you kidnapper and he's like oh come on you were you were being weird and she's like "Oh, okay maybe i was she doesn't say that but she doesn't rebuke it enough honestly like it almost feels like the show's gaslighting the audience into thinking she's acting weird um, anyway, to help out that argument a bit, she has a seizure, and you'll never guess what she says. She says that pink stars are falling in lines, and so Junior's like, "Hmm, that sounds familiar. I wonder where that's gonna go." Anyway, he kidnaps Angie. No, I'm just, I'm just kidding. He puts her in the backseat of his car, and she wakes up, and she's like, "Let me out!" Angie, Angie, <laughs> Angie relax, calm down, okay? You're safe. <laughs> Has to be the thing she says the most in the show. Junior's like, "I'm just driving to your house. Like, come on." I think he says this later in the episode, so I'm skipping, jumping the gut a bit. But he says, "Like, don't worry, Angie. I promised you and my dad I'd never hold you against your will again." <sighs> it, it reminds me of that Michael Scott line where it's like, "You cheated on me after I made you, after you said you wouldn't." And it's like, you don't need to say that. You don't need to promise your dad you're not going to kidnap somebody. Just don't kidnap people. It shouldn't have to be something that's discussed. Anyway, Junior's still like, come on, like that's in the past. And drops Angie off at the house. And Angie walks in and she's like, yeah, I had a seizure. And Joe and Noyer are like, oh, did you say pink stars are falling in lines? And she's like, yeah. How'd you know? It's like, oh, we've been having seizures. She's like, why didn't you tell me? And Joe's like, well, you haven't really been here. I'm laying some smack down. Meanwhile, Julia's like, Hey can I join in? I know you're all like teenagers but I'm like a cool adult and the kids are like Ugh, yeah okay hey hey Julia you can you can help out in this teen uh, mysticism subplot and so Julia wanders off to go find a, the yagi the Baba yagi uh, to locate the mini dome, because it's missing. What about that contraption that Dodi made? The yagi? It locates energy sources right? later on in the episode like the real cool kids in town they decide to cut out Julia from the group Um, but yeah I I just find that funny Um, there's also an interesting point I don't know if I commented on this last week but the monarch will be crowned is a recurring buzzword uh, that the dome makes people say and Angie has a butterfly tattoo on her back but then Joe's like my sister? no way and Monarch butterflies are orange. Angie's is blue and yellow. So, there goes that theory. Oh. Wow. Okay. <laughs> Guess it's not Angie that's the Monarch. Um, sort of felt weird to end the last episode on a zoom-in of her tattoo, but... Whatever. They got me. Um, let's see. Okay, so now Big Jim walks home and he sees Max. Uh, Max, uh... The unisex name, I I believe it's Maxine, Um, but she is a criminal uh, who apparently was, Big Jim was working for her when he was doing that weird propane drug uh, deal. By the way, that propane drug, it's Rapture. Um, You may be wondering, what drugs have propane in it? And that's why they created a new drug called Rapture. That, one, uh, uses propane, which they needed a reason to have a lot of in town, and didn't exist. So, anyway. Uh, Big Jim clearly has a lot of respect for Maxine, because when he sees her, the first thing he says is... I mean, inside the dome. Did you get through it somehow? Implying that she somehow broke into the dome, or just used mystical power to break in. I, I don't know, he's an absurd realization and she was like no i don't like being in this crappy town on a good day just here um and i hung out in somebody's house for eight days so we're at eight days now that's one of the tough things but under the dome is all of your guest stars have to have been here the whole time um this is once again a problem lost faced um they actually had a fun whole episode about uh the idea of these two Uh, people just being on the island the whole time um eight days is it makes sense it's it just gets sillier as the show goes on introducing new people um although they don't do it too often it's not a big issue with this show Anyway, she's been squatting in someone's house and she's uh she's like come on jim let's work together on this and you know he 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 does (laughs) um Barbie and Linda go and find uh, some coffins uh, that Reverend Coggins had, and inside were instructions on how to cook a rapture. Uh, Barbie comments, not sure I've ever seen a town where the preacher is also the mortician. Reverend Coggins always said he ran a one-stop body and soul shop. And I think that's the writers probably realizing, oh, yeah, that's like something they do in like the 1800s. It's not something they do today. Um, but anyway, <laughs> Linda's like, yeah, I'm weird, eh? Um, I'm just going to zoom through the Julia and Dottie stuff this episode. Basically, because uh, Dottie's acting weird. Like she's all uh, freaked out by the kids. And Julia's like, hey, can I borrow the Yagi? And she's like, is this Joe's idea? It's like, no, but it is. And then she's like, okay, well, you can't uh, borrow the Yagi because it doesn't work. It just doesn't work. ever since those kids touched the dome it doesn't work it's like wow it's pretty wild whatever guess that's why they wanted them to touch the dome but i don't i don't know why touching the dome caused that i don't know anyway so they can't use the yagi so they probably can't find the mini dome even though the mini dome's been there forever and the yagi was never able to find it but whatever (laughs) all right so this is the part of the episode that I most wanted to talk about for comparing, uh, real world problems, uh, Big Jim decides to, um, take everybody's guns, um, sort of in a, a hand-in-your-gun type of program, it's voluntary, but it's Big Jim saying it, so, like, everybody will follow along, because Big Jim's the best, um, and i'm not i'm not gonna get into the gun debate um i actually think that it, it's way too topical right now um what i found interesting was big jim saying uh or linda who was very pro-gun in this episode interesting for a cop that she really wants an armed civilians but anyway there's an argument for it um linda's like Jim, people have a constitutional right to bear arms if we're still part of america of course we are really with that dome cutting us off, I'd say we're looking more like our own country every day. Now, that's an interesting thing that I hadn't considered when I created this dome around Toronto. They will most likely secede from Canada. Um, and there, there's just a whole whack of things that could happen there. Like It's going to be tough to present as like a united front in the UN... Or in any of those international councils Um, like imagine if the G7 became the G8 or I don't know is is it the G8 now and it becomes the G9 Um, and we include the country of Domonto I think people are going to uh, what if the UN is sent uh, to you know break up this dome because you know it's not it's not one country uh, dealing with itself the the dome most likely Uh, we'll try and send representatives to the un to uh, other international bodies maybe the imf uh, or the the who (laughs) Um, i don't know what if they created a trade agreement uh, and they and they blocked out canada because remember this is toronto this is a significant portion of the economy Um, i think it's going to weaken our bargaining power um, this is all assuming, of course, that Canada isn't invaded and blown up, um, as we discussed in the episode of the missile. But um, I don't know. I think that it's going to be basically a Quebec situation uh, where they, they'll most likely vote to leave. And they'll have a much better reason than the, uh, uh, well, I don't follow Quebec politics. Maybe they have really good reasons, but I'd probably not as good a reason as being domed in by uh, some rando. Uh, some 25 year old with a plan anyway (laughs) Um, so yeah so by putting up this dome we might be uh, cutting them out now the one positive thing is Canada is the second largest country in the world and I believe we have a pretty wide margin on that so we will continue being the second largest country in the world but um, I think we should keep all of our records which would be good. Um, and I think one of our, our biggest records is the longest coastline, uh, or border maybe, because of s- are so many islands. So this will actually probably stretch our border out a bit, which, you know, is a plus. So sort of equals that. But yeah, something to consider uh, is that if you put a place in a dome, they are no longer a part of the larger country that surrounds them. All right. Um... <clears throat> Yeah, I I commented on it earlier, but the firearm turn-in policy has great turnout. Like, the entire town, it looks like. Or, if not, this town is loaded in rifles. Um, For turning in their rifle, they get extra food and propane. Um, There's no talk of how much it is, or the fact that this penalizes people who didn't have guns. But, anyway, a lot of big guns are collected. Later in the episode, we see that Big Jim has put all of these in his fallout shelter... And Junior's looking at it like, uh-oh. Like, as if it's something suspicious. But, like, where else would he put it? The police station? Do we trust Linda with all of these? He's gonna put it in the mayor's office? I actually think the fallout is a pretty secure spot in town. <laughs> put a lock on the door. Angie took her weeks to get out. Getting in, even tougher. <laughs> anyway. Uh, we got another Microsoft placement in this episode. Uh, Joe's showing Nori old photos of himself. Oh, I didn't mean to put that one in there. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Go back to that when you're shirtless. See those abs of yours. <laughs> and like everybody in a rural town looking at family photos. Uh, he doesn't have a photo album. He, of course, is using his Microsoft Surface. Um, <laughs> I don't know. Family photos, I just feel like they're, they'd be much better on a physical media. But anyway. Um, Linda and Junior are going to uh, you know, do some more police work and Linda's like, come on Junior Junior's like, oh Angie's here, I gotta go she's like, Junior, you have to do your job and he's like, can I not? she's like, yeah, okay so <laughs> Junior's on a real tight leash um, the probation that Linda said earlier for killing somebody um, just to put this out here Junior got put on probation for shooting a guy And then he seemingly is back in Linda's good books for killing Ollie. So, I don't really know. I don't know. Maybe Linda was, like, a really good beat cop and, like, she just isn't set up to lead the department. You never know. Uh, Linda actually looks into the mystery of, like, uh, who's making all these drugs. And uh, the woman from the first episode who told Julia about all the propane stuff, she's like, Oh, yeah, I told Julia about all the propane stuff. And uh, Duke's in on it, too. And Linda's like, what? Anyway, what I liked about that scene was that the woman walked away for about five seconds. So she's out of frame, but she was still very close to Linda. And Linda's at, like, a uh, basically a storage uh, cellar. And she just shoots the lock to get in. And it's like, first of all, usually people do that because of time constraints. Um, but secondly, that woman would have been terrified. Like, imagine somebody fired a pistol 10 feet from you like maybe they cut it so that like there was like a two minute gap in between linda doing it but like i don't know that's pretty generous anyway i just found that funny like they they should have just kept a a, a sound effect of the woman going oh my god um joe nori meanwhile are trying to find the mini dome which has escaped um they use uh, truman who apparently does. I remember nothing of this dog watching the show, but he's he's still here. Um, anyway, he, he doesn't like the mini domes. They're hoping he could sense it, and then Joe's like, Ooh, I think I found it. And then birds! Great! Birds! It's, it's like uh, Captain Sully. <laughs> Just birds. Uh, they fly out. It's, it's a jump scare. It's, so, it's really weird, but anyway, they don't find anything other than birds. If we could get, like, a sound clip of Captain Sully saying birds, that'd be pretty good. Birds. Um, Big Jim and Barbie have sort of the action in this episode. Um, the voluntary gun drive's going on, and Barbie's like, I don't trust it. Just fair. It's Big Jim. Uh, the interesting thing about Big Jim is, like, most of the time his ideas are good. He's just doing them for weird reasons that Barbie doesn't know about. <laughs> anyway. So he's like, "Oh, ted Ted didn't drop off his guns, and Barbie's like, "I thought this was voluntary." and Big Jim's like, Well, yeah, but Ted's a nut nut bar, and he has like ninety guns. I <laughs> think we should take it from him. And he's like, Okay, well, I'll come with you And, and you're expecting it to be like a pretty gray event, you know like." you know maybe ted is off his rocker but big jim is clearly has ulterior motives they show up to the house and ted fires his rifle at their windshield right in the middle of the two of them and it's like okay well now there's no no gray area big jim is was totally in the right this guy does not need his guns um he tells barbie to go like outside and cover him and barbie like stands outside his window but like not in like a way where like he has a clean shot and nobody can see him It's almost as if like you know when people go to visit their uh, elderly relatives at a care home through a window it's like that like barbie is like Mm -hmm. that visible with a rifle pointed at this guy but the guy doesn't see (laughs) um uh, i don't know it's it's a pretty easy scene um the guy's like oh man you can't i lost my wife and daughter to the dome They, they drove into it um i'm not gonna lose my guns big jim's like okay well i'm gonna take your guns and he's like well i got a grenade too maybe maybe you can have the pin takes the pin out and big jim's like no and grabs it and puts the pin back in and that, that's that I, I i didn't know that you could put a pin back in a grenade but uh, i looked it up you can put a pin back in a grenade as long as you haven't unsqueezed it that's not the verbiage they used but it's the verbiage i use so barbie and uh Barbie and Big Jim, they go back to, uh, I don't know where they went back to. Maybe the diner? I don't know. <laughs> they, they go somewhere, and they're just sort of, you know, unbriefing after the day. And Barbie's probably a bit like, oh, you know, he, maybe Big Jim was right. And then Max walks in, and she's like, good job, Jim. And Big Jim's like, Max, Barbie's right here. Don't don't tell him that. And then, Barbie, and then Max goes up and kisses Barbie she's like you guys both work for me and you didn't even know it because if you forgot barbie is a criminal (laughs) um so i guess he murdered uh peter shumway for apparently he is the person that or she is the person he called in episode one being like this went sour anyway pretty wild stuff um i hate maxine as a character so far um she's just sort of she acts like She has complete power over Big Jim and Barbie when, like, we know that one of them is going to kill her uh, because she has secrets that she doesn't want to let out. And Barbie even says, like, you're not bulletproof, implying he's going to murder her in front of Big Jim. Uh, And she's like, well, I got got an insurance policy. Somebody will say it even if I die. It's like, ah, damn. I don't want to tell Julia that I killed her husband. And Big Jim obviously doesn't want people to know uh, all the... Drug stuff that he's been doing. Um, so she basically runs the town. Uh, she also has a great line where she's like, "Girls, hey. girls, girls, you're both pretty." I don't know. I just I don't like her. <laughs> I don't think she'll be around too long. I I am looking forward to the next episode because if I if I can recall, the idea is to take away all of the guns as step one, and then create a black market um, that you can uh, profit off of. To me. If you have Big Jim under your control, why create a black market? Just control the only market. Like, just be above board. But anyway, I think next week we're going to fight club. So, nine days in. <laughs> really looking forward to it. Um, yeah, even though Barbie kissed Max, by the way, like there's still it, it, you can tell it's very clearly like uh, he was more shocked and she kissed him. Uh, they don't seem to have a, a current love going on. So for those Julia Barbie shippers, uh, you know, it's still there. Um, let's see, let's see. Oh yeah, okay. So Junior and Angie. So Angie, uh, you know, Junior met her at the police station, and he's like, "I got to show you something." And they go to Junior's mom's old art studio, which is frozen in time from when she died nine years ago makes sense um he's like he's like so i heard you uh seizure about pink stars falling in lines and i remembered my mom who you'll remember went crazy before she died Uh, my mom she uh wrote she made this painting in the middle of the night one night and it's this picture of this boy which is apparently junior and there's pink stars falling into him and it's like oh shit junior is a part of it too but the other thing is like i don't know look it up it's not a great painting uh it's it's maybe it's like a style but it's sort of like my skill level maybe a little bit better but i don't know it's a great painting look it up um but yeah junior might be involved in all of this pink star crap Uh, so the episode ends, uh, the last little noteworthy thing is uh, Joe and Nori. <coughs> they've, uh, they're have they like, yeah, I can't find the egg. And then Angie's like, what? Joe, you brought the egg home. Joe's like, I don't remember that. So apparently the dome can just control people in their sleep. Um, and Joe went out in the woods and brought the mini dome over, and now it's in the barn. Um, now here's the fun question. How did Joe bring the dome miles across town my first thought c- considering that the dome is controlling this whole scenario it could have dropped its protective barrier joe picks up the egg walks home puts the egg down barrier comes back up that doesn't make sense because all of the dirt is still there inside the dome or the it's not really a dome it's more of a sphere at this point so if that didn't happen my next thought is that he rolls it across town um i don't think that would work because um i don't if he did the egg wouldn't be as perfectly in on top of the dirt like it looks like it it was just picked up now my next thought was maybe the dome was really light and it was like a beach ball but there's a lot of dirt in there so i think what he had to have done is brought a little wagon with him and put it into the wagon and carried it back with him instead of rolling it. But I don't know, it just <laughs> a, lot of, a lot of questions there. Maybe it just gave Joe super strength and he carried it all the way home. Anyway, um, so that's that's uh, that's Joe and his dome. Um, the episode ends, they put their hands on it, Angie, Nori, and Joe. And, they re- and this is where they realize, like, Julia's lame, let's not include her. The dome doesn't want us telling people about it and they're like oh nori out of nowhere goes like maybe it's like a key (laughs) i don't know why they think it's like a key um but then when they put their three hands on they see that there's a fourth missing hand who is that hand did the writers know at this point no idea um i know who it is or at least i think i remember who it is but uh we'll see this will this will resolve itself by the end of the season (laughs) um yeah okay so that was episode nine um (laughs) yeah good episode i'm looking forward to the next one a lot this has sort of been what i've been waiting for all season if it is a fight club um not too many issues that i think would face the dome i think that the uh gun rights stuff first of all too hot of a topic i'm not gonna touch it other than to say that i don't think it would be as big of an issue in canada um but yeah, that's, that's episode 9. Uh, see you next week for episode 10. We enter the double digits next week. Pfft, hopefully, early in that. <laughs> I guess it's. Well, I don't want to say when I recorded this, because then you know how long it took to edit. I'm not going to trick myself there. Anyway, signing off from Chester's Mill as a certified Chester's Miller. Bye. Hey guys, so I hadn't been planning on making another one of these for a while, but this episode was all over the place, and honestly, I could probably have put most of the quotes from the episode. But here we go, these are a couple of my favorite out of context clips that I couldn't fit in this episode. Well, maybe that egg is projecting the dome around us, the same way a planetarium projector surrounds you with stars. I think I'll see you again. Angie, you look like crap. Thanks. Listen, Barbie, uh, I could practically feel that red dot on the back of my head, so glad you kept your cool and didn't accidentally ice me. Yeah, so short and sweet. Hope you enjoyed those. And coming up very soon, we might have a very special episode. Don't worry, though, we will continue to follow the rest of season one of Under the Dome. Bye.